Hey, Janice, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hi, TJ. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you. Always love our conversations. So let's dive into it. I wanted to, to kick things off with a theme that really resonated with me from one of our previous conversations where you talked about three C's and the three C's were courage, confidence, and connections. So if it's cool, I'd like to, to start there and really dive that. into, cool. Um, like what are these words, what have they meant to you throughout your journey? And, and can you share a bit about your story leading up to you becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Definitely. Uh, how far back would you like me to go? <laughs> as far as you want to go, as far as you want to go. No problem. Well, I'm from North Carolina, as I'm sure you picked up on the accent and lived there my whole life. I literally moved here 13 years ago in April to Central Oregon. And my whole career out in North Carolina was sales and marketing. I built a successful career with believe it or not, Canon office equipment mm -hmm. and a few other things that I did. Gained a lot of skills about relationships and what it took to be in sales because I had been a secretary. One funny story is that one of my salesmen that I worked for threatened to have me fired if I didn't learn how to uh, get, you know, listen to what they say and do yeah. what I was told. I'm probably not the best at giving, taking orders. I can give them. Yet there was another salesman in the office that saw my skills and said, you should be in sales. Let's get you some training. And he helped me lose the really deep South accent okay. and just tr trained me on speaking, taught me a little lot about sales actually. And then we were getting a new telephone system. I was working for Honeywell at the time, little plug there for those guys. And when the opportunity came to get the telephone system, that owner of the company hired me and I was on the street off and running. <laughs> I did go through some training with Dale Carnegie, a couple classes, yeah. Brian Tracy, and learned more skills. But really the jump came for me when I found a book, which is not even in print anymore. And I highly do recommend it. It's called Relationship Selling by Jim Cathcart. I had been kind of that struggling on the street salesperson. And then when I read that book, I started applying relationships to my career and my career took off. I think I doubled or tripled my income the first year because I built relationships. And from there, due to uh, this timing to get out of North Carolina, I'd been, I was the second one to actually leave in my family. Wow. And, um, and so I wound up heading to Colorado Springs. That'll be part of another story. And then from there, met someone. I'd never heard of Redmond, Oregon, Bend, Oregon, Central Oregon. Wound up here. At that point, I had been working in a little retail store. And my uh, former husband, and I decided to find a business. We found a lady sleeping loungewear business called Precious Curves. I ran that for 10 years. It was my company that got me back out networking because I had hit the burnout stage like a lot of people. Wound up getting back out there, enjoying it, doing trade shows, 
I learned so much that in starting a business, as you know, as a business owner, you learn the most by making mistakes and hopefully you learn your lesson. And from there, having made all those connections, I was meeting with someone in the, that about potential business connection. And he was a coach as well. Well, he was a coach and a website builder. And he said, why don't you get paid for what you really do? TJ, I had no idea what he was talking about. I probably, he said, you look like a deer in the headlights. I said, nobody's going to pay me to do what you're talking about. I mean, to introduce people and all the things that I was already doing. He said, oh yeah, they will. <laughs> well, he graciously gave me a little coaching training and set up my first website. And from there, I found a guinea pig, oh, bless her heart. She was a really good friend. And she became my first client, but she had changed careers and needed some help. And I was off and running, learning how to be a coach and an entrepreneur. Well, I'd already been an entrepreneur. Yeah, you had 10 years. <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> maybe a little more because I had a transportation company before that. Oh, wow. And yeah, that probably doesn't go on the resume very much, but that was an interesting learning curve too. That put me in the coaching industry. I had a lot to learn. and. Um, that's the beginning of the story. And so whatever your next question is. Yeah, well, I want to I want to <laughs> dig in a little more. I mean, amazing <laughs> that you had had mentors, which we'll talk about, I think, a little bit later. But, you know, going to Dale Carnegie sem seminars and really focusing on developing those skills in sales, in relationship building. And I, I like that you pointed out that you weren't the best at listening and taking direction. And I'm curious because a lot of people, myself included, at times struggle with being that effective communicator. And what effective communication really boils down to is being a good listener and giving people that ability to not only speak, but be heard and understood and being able to clarify and, and speak what they're actually telling you back to them is crucial in all things sales, all things business. So I'm curious, like what, what helped you in being able to flip the switch and become a better listener and a better communicator? Some of that was Dale Carnegie. I started out with a, I think I did start with a sales course and then I took um, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. Um, the listening part had to come, have come with being a secretary as well. Because if you don't listen when you're taking calls, you're going you're gonna to wind up getting fired, probably. Yeah. I worked for, this will put it in perspective, I think it was seven or eight men. Mm -hmm. And they were all in sales. There were no other women in the office. But my listening skills, I think I've had them all along. But probably reading that one little book in relationship selling, there's a, an area of listening um, and listening with purpose. I believe that was that book. I think it's a skill that somewhat is a gift, but because I've taught it, I've taught it to clients. And it's really a skill that anybody in business, well, in life needs to, to learn because people don't feel valued, TJ, if you're not hearing them. I mean, you can sit there and hear all day long, but if you're not listening and 
responding, even if you don't have an answer or you don't have anything that you can contribute, you can just nod your head and and say, uh, okay. And repeating back sometimes. That's yeah, mirroring, mirroring, digging, digging yeah. deeper, asking deeper questions to, to really tease things out. Exactly. But yeah, it's a, it's a huge skill. And if somebody is in sales or business and doesn't have good listening skills, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's bring things forward. I think that's a good segue to your business today, your coaching and consulting business. Where are things at for you here in gosh, almost halfway through July, 2023. Uh, Right now, what I did was I started out as a networking coach and a business consultant because I've been called by multiple people, a master networker, as well as being the best connected person in Central Oregon. (laughs) Two big compliments. And I transitioned from that to what I'm doing now. I still do those skills, have those skills and still utilize them because they're valuable with what I do. However, um, I'm now considered a business growth strategist and have transitioned because I've always used strategy. I've always helped people grow their business. Uh, So I changed my business name to my name, of course, but a business growth strategist to more accurately describe what I do. And it's, it's just, uh, this is a new thing for me. I've, I've got a new platform, a new, you know, website and that type of thing. So it's transitioned to what is small and medium business is what I serve. Um, and I love, I, I really love the platform that I'm using now, but I love strategy and finding solutions. And people have called me for years, decades, might I say, for, you know, solutions or even family. And maybe that's why I live in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> too many, too, too much strategizing with family members. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I have wondered at times, TJ, why does everybody think I've got all the answers? because I knew how to find a lot of answers, not everything, but, uh, but yeah, so I've kind of transitioned um, into that. So I can serve my audiences worldwide. Now I have access worldwide to help anybody, as long as I can speak their language or they can speak yeah. mine. Well, it's a, it is a really incredible platform having gotten to pop the hood and, and go through it with oh. you. You're putting out a ton of great content. You have a desire and you know, just a, a drive to help the small business community, especially, and, and really serving others, which resonates with me. I love talking strategy. I love helping people find solutions. So hearing you share your experiences and how you're able to make those transformations for your clients just really empowers me. And, and I love what you're doing. And you've been putting out great content. Like I said, you recently published an article that I was reading about three areas that will help a business owner build that solid foundation for their business. That was innovation, quantification, and orchestration. And I want to know, like, these are these are big things. Like, they're crucial in business. And every industry, it seems like, is rapidly changing. The climate's always changing with new technology, new shiny objects to be paying attention to. So how can these three key areas in business development really help people stay focused, stay resilient, and be adaptable when they do need to change. 
first of all, be open, be open to change that be coachable and be open in looking at transitioning because I've transitioned. Pivoting is one of my favorite words. Mm. I love the word pivot. If you don't learn to pivot in business, as in anything you do, I went, when I went in the, the clothing business, that was a complete I mean, I've been working at a little retail store, but that didn't compare to running your own online clothing business. When I pivoted into that, it was a lot of hard knocks, a lot of learning curves. Be prepared to hit the floor crying sometimes and go, mm-hmm. I, I can't do this or I can't afford to buy, pay somebody to do this. Well, thankfully, we have Google and friends. <laughs> But I think being being open, being prepared for transition if the time comes along, being able to learn and be coachable, do your research, ask people. There's tons of resources out there when somebody has to make that change. Um, as far as innovation goes, there, there's endless, limitless potential, limitless potential. Even though we're in tough times seemingly, it could be the best time to transition. Yeah. It, it could be. And seriously, negativity has uh, overcast our planet for a while now. And if not forever, but surround yourself with people that are supportive, that are able to encourage you, that might not see your dream, but they're not going to throw water on the fire either. Definitely, I think just be willing to pivot, be willing to change. And if you're going through a tough time, find, find a support system of some kind, professionally or personally or both. Yeah, absolutely. And like hard times can either, you know, really bring you down and make you focus on what's, what's wrong with your business. So why, you know, why aren't people coming to work? Why aren't people, you know, as, as eager to buy from me as they once were. But in those moments, usually we see the most innovation happening when there's something bad in the world or when there's rapid change in the economy or in industry, that's when innovation really happens. And so I love that pivoting is, is a word that you enjoy. Some people may over pivot. That's, that's one <laughs> end of it. That's, that's not the best thing to do. If you've got something... You just need to give it the time and, and nurture it to to success. But pivoting to me is learning from failure and actually taking value out of failure, whether it's something small, you tried something, it didn't work out, you learned from it, or just an entire business venture in and, of, in and of itself. Like the skills that you learn, the experiences that you had, the connections that you made, all of those things are what enable you to pivot into something that's going to be more productive and have a better utility for you, allow you to you know, grow a successful business or, or make it work where you weren't able to in the past. So I'm all about pivoting. You know, we in marketing, marketing is all about pivoting because when we <laughs> A-B test something or when we, we launch a campaign, it's not going to work 100% of the time. That's, that's just not realistic, but we need to be able to tweak it and pivot and see where the opportunities lie based on what the data is telling us to make things effective. So Going back to those three C's that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, connection is clearly something that you have excelled at and you've 
just had a wealth of experience in that you've even been able to turn into a business to serve others. And when it comes to connection, how important do you believe actively networking is as an entrepreneur? And how have you developed that skill as a networker? And what do you recommend for people who want to become better at networking? Besides making an appointment, just kidding, little plug there. I'd say there are, there are, depending on where you live, there could be more or less resources. And there's a lot of free options for networking. One of the things that I've done with people is teach them how to, you may be afraid to walk up to a stranger at an event. You may not, you may not want to walk up to like a group of three or four people and introduce yourself. What I actually have done, probably to the chagrin of some clients, is I'd stand on one side of the room with them and I'm like, I'd point to someone and say, go introduce yourself to that person over there. And they'd get big eyed and go, I, can you come with me? No, <laughs> solo flight. And I remember one instance, they actually made a, a connection that was beneficial. That in, in one specific instance, but I've done that many times. You have to, I think that's kind of what brought up the courage, confidence and connections because it takes courage to have confidence and to mm -hmm. build it to, before you can make the connections. But sometimes you have to put the connections first and just walk up and say, even if it's stupid <laughs> and just, you know, just stand there. I've walked up to a group of people at networking events and just stood there and just kind of, you know, started taking interest. And then you, you have to learn to read people. That kind of sounds like NCIS, I'm sure. <laughs> but you do have to learn to read, to read the, the energy, the, the expressions. And if you're standing in a group of people and they, they're not welcoming, then sometimes you have to say, oh, excuse me, uh, can I throw in an idea on what you're talking about? Or sometimes you have to walk away, but you have to be willing to step out and do the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. it's, um, and more recently, there's become more virtual networking, which I personally, I can't say I prefer it, but I like it. I've met more people uh, because more people are uh, doing virtual networking. I, matter of fact, yesterday, let me share a quick story on that. I got in a Facebook group by someone inviting me. It's, um, it's, it's, it's an empowering group of women. Well, yesterday we had a, our first, I was on my first, uh, kind of, it was a webinar, but I met women from all over the world. Hmm. And I struck up a wonderful connection with a, a lady that lives in Zimbabwe. So we can, isn't that cool? We connected and her accent sounded like South African, but she was from, she's living in Zimbabwe. That's kind of doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> but anyway, as an example, it wasn't necessarily comfortable to step into that group, but these ladies knew how to do it. They paired us up in multiple rooms. I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, four different connections and gave us the opportunity to be very specific with how we can better network, how we can better uh, generate leads for our business, that type of thing. So you have to be uncomfortable a lot of times. You have to. And 
online when you're doing virtual stuff, you can get over involved with social media, not to down what you do, but you probably tell people that too. That's why you're good at what you do because you take that monkey off of a lot of people's back. Yeah. And I applaud that because we need to learn to delegate and networking, get on and meet some new people. I would instruct clients to do that. You know, you're not on this platform. Let's try this one out and task them with, okay, by this time next week, I want you to have 10 new contacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put a number yeah, behind yeah. it. Challenge Put yourself. a number behind it. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it, it's about being uncomfortable, at least in the beginning. Yeah. And I love what you said about courage, because I think some people misinterpret what courage really means as being somebody that's fearless, that, that Mm. has, that has that ability and is just unafraid, but really courage is being afraid, being uncomfortable, but being willing to do it anyway. And so when it comes to networking, I mean, we've all been there. I've, <laughs> I've certainly been there walking into a, a business networking group and you don't know anybody in the room. Maybe they aren't the best and they don't, don't welcome you right away and introduce you to someone. So you just got to go pick a group and walk up. And, you know, for me, that was the most terrifying thing, but being able to just walk up with, you know, a good smile on your face and saying, Hey, can I, can I join this conversation? And then you know, most people want to be welcoming. They want to be nice. They want to be kind. They're genuinely interested in who you are. And I've found that every time I took the step to walk up to somebody, it always ends up being a positive experience. Very, very few people are going to be mean to you. So I love that. Yeah. Well, I'll throw in uh, just a little funny that I was raised as a Methodist preacher's daughter. And in North Carolina, they moved us all the time. We moved not as much as military, but we moved a lot. And I think part of that skill came from you, you either going to make friends or you're going to go, go home and sit in your room. I believe it taught me the skills to make new friends, to adapt, to adjust. And don't get me wrong. My least favorite thing to do in the world is move. <laughs> but, but adapting to the social side of things, I believe that helped shape my character and my willingness to make friends and you have to and as a kid it's no more fun than it is with as an adult so embrace embrace the uncomfortable you got to flex it it's a muscle that you can strengthen it just needs to be used as much as possible so for me i challenge i always challenge myself to have you know, at least some kind of networking, whether it is virtual or, or in-person group that I attend every week. And then from that, you know, not just collecting business cards, but actually following up with people, scheduling ones, one-to-ones, finding opportunities where I could provide value, whether that's making an introduction, you know, if there's somebody that I think would be able to share some valuable insights, inviting them on my podcast. Maybe there's something that we can help them with in marketing and always looking for those opportunities to, to give without the expectation of, of receiving something. That's what relationship building really is all about at the end of the day. It is. So can you share your experiences? We, we mentioned it earlier, so I want to come back to it about mentorship. Like, how has being a mentor or a mentee helped you grow your skills as an entrepreneur or even earlier when you were in sales? Well, there's, like I said, there's been quite a few people that have helped shape me 
And my experience going through the classes was like anybody else. I remember the first class I went to, they made everybody get up front and do a little thing. I was shaking so hard, sweating, shaking. And, but I stepped out and I had to step out and do it if I was going to be in the class and I paid for it. So I needed to do yeah. it. Mentoring is vital. It's like an apprentice, I think. Very similar. A welder does not develop the skills. They have, a, an, they have to be an apprentice for a while. They have to learn by watching, learn by doing. And if you don't have a mentor or be a mentor, then you're in a situation where you're trying to go it alone and you're not going to be but so successful. There are tools online, you can read books, but it's that human connection that can help you grow and help you be more successful. I remember being a big sister in the Big Brother Big Sister program in North Carolina. That was an experience that. I'll never forget with two different young ladies hmm. that being able to say, and you had, boy, you've got to watch yourself when you're around these kids, the teenagers, no doubt. <laughs> and being an example, mentorship is an example. Somebody is going to mentor you. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And I believe you learn from their mistakes. Hopefully one thing that has driven me in with my uh, coaching and consulting business is helping people avoid some of the pitfalls that I hit when I was starting that online business. I hit some major ones, computer crash, hard disk play, uh, completely went out, learning how to do things like Amazon, hire photographers, hire models, I, I, inventory. I did hire somebody. I did get somebody else to teach me how to do QuickBooks and still don't like it. <laughs> So I know, I know. <laughs> That's what they, we got bookkeepers for that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think the biggest piece of advice and experience is be humble to learn, be coachable, be, you know, learn from mentors, be it a book, a podcast, um, a networking group, a coach, whatever that is that you need at the time. But just, again, it comes back to being open and not, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly for me, like in business, when I was first getting started, that was my biggest pitfall was thinking that I could do it and learn it and, and accomplish it all on my own. And I let my ego get in the way of a lot of growth potential in that, especially in that first year. I mean, I had, I had some mentorship, but I've just never been someone that's quick to ask for help. You know, even if it's like asking for directions when you're lost or something, my wife's always just like, ask him, ask him where we're at. You know, it's for whatever reason, I, I, my dad was the same way. So I know where I got it, but asking for help just never came naturally. And it wasn't until I started to shift that perspective and ask for help, find mentorship, hire coaches, read, but also apply and and teach what I was learning that's been a huge benefit when you learn something if you really want to become a master at it go and teach it to someone else and that's something that we're we're starting to apply in our business like learning every week I have you know some of my teammates spend a couple hours every week working on a new skill learning something that'll benefit them in that role and then when we have our one-to-one -one, the next week 
they'll kind of summarize or, or teach it back to me so that not only are they going to learn, but I'm going to learn in the process. And we're, you know, exponentially increasing our knowledge because if we're all learning and teaching each other these skills, you know, we're just saving a ton of time as opposed to having mm-hmm. to go and, and do it individually. So mentorship has, has been a huge game changer for me. And it all boils down to being letting your ego go and, and asking for the help that you need at the end of the day. I second that because I am just like that and very stubborn, can <laughs> be very stubborn. That can be good and bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Janice. So this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that most people in general, but successful entrepreneurs face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. And I always want to get an understanding of how successful business owners, entrepreneurs are able to kind of balance the two because it's it's hard when you're in business you can always have it on. It's hard to turn it off. So what does living a well-rounded life look like for you? And, and how are you able to create that balance? Well, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little backstory. I've, uh, I didn't grow up in an athletic family. I didn't grow up doing sports like gymnastics, but walking the beam was about my maximum. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that moving a lot, I didn't get exposed to being physically active outside and that kind of thing. And balance life after working with, when I worked with Canon, 18 hour days were not unfamiliar to me. Yeah. 15 hour days, oh yeah, come home, get on the computer. And I was always on, always on. And after quite a few years, I burned out. I mean, I burned out bad. Um, I was successful. But I hit the skids and I had to step back from doing that for a while because I didn't know balance. Well, when I got here, I got to tell you, I met one, I'll, I'll leave her anonymous, but she was very blunt with me in a, in a networking group. She said, you don't know how to have fun. And it set me back on my heel. I was like, sure I do. We'll get, she goes, what do you do? I'm like, um let's see i listen to music um read oh i like to watch movies and <laughs> she just she's she like, just shook yeah. her head Mm-mm. yeah no, you're not doing it you're not doing it but i always have loved taking walks um they had the most beautiful parks in north carolina i'd walk my dog even here the dry canyon and i think the the key to balance is I hate just tell people to schedule fun time. I think that's over, over my, uh, just kind of taking it too far. But some people have to and schedule downtime. Take, even if it's just getting outside, sitting in the sun for a few minutes. Um, listening to music is very healing and very positive thing. That, that does help me a lot. You don't have to be physically active. And I know you guys are, which is wonderful. But you don't have to, that would limit some people in having fun. Fun is different. What do, how do you define fun? I don't have kids. And uh, it's not taking the kids out to the park or that kind of thing. Do what feels good to take a breather, to take your mm-hmm. mind off work. If it's just literally sitting down, putting some music on for any length of time, stop 
try to stop thinking <laughs> about business. And I'm still guilty of it, but not as not like I was. And what what do you find enjoyable to the individual listening to this? What is fun as far as you're concerned? Maybe it's a nice meal. Maybe it's cooking. Gardening is always what a lot of people out here love or sport. But what feels you, what makes you feel good? What takes your mind off of work? You've got to let off steam. You've got to be able to step away from it. If it means shutting down the computer, taking off your smartwatch, putting your phone in the drawer, yeah, whatever you need to do, step away from it. We do way too much screen time these days, I know. And it's, it can be detrimental. If you just don't get some fresh air, some sunshine, go sit in the park if you can't walk, if you can't um, run, if you can't climb a mountain. I love to go to Smith Rock. I know you do. <laughs> I don't do the hikes. Uh, I would love to at some point in a little bit, but just going out there, sitting out there and getting a, you know some fresh air, sunshine, and leave the phone in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a, another quick story about a client that I had to reprimand? Please, please. Okay. Well, I'll leave her unnamed. I'll leave people anonymous. They might watch this. <laughs> but she came in very frustrated to our appointment one day. And she was not doing, she was not following my guidelines that I, I set as far as if you're going to do some exercise or walk, don't take your phone. Don't answer calls anyway. We, I'd already told her how to do do not disturb, how to do all this stuff. Well, she came in all flustered and I'm like, what's going on? She goes, my best friend's really mad at me. Okay. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my phone on our walk and I answered a call from a client and this is at 7 a.m. in the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just stopped her in her tracks. I said, what? don't you get about do not disturb you don't answer your phone when you're on a walk and her basic fear was i might lose a client I'm, I'm, mm -mm. and then i talked to somebody very smart in one of my networking groups a few days ago told her that story she said yes i set expectations with people in advance you say i'm not available these hours you uh, you adjust your schedule you don't answer your phone if they can't live without you and go find somebody better cheaper dumb enough to answer their phone at Saturday night on Saturday night, then so be it. You've yeah. lost, you've not lost anything, but some peace of mind. Um, when you answer your phone all times of the day, you're not peaceful. You're not living a quality life. And we need boundaries. We need expectations set with in business and personal. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, I love that because for me, that was another pitfall that I fell into was just always being available, always being on. And it was probably like two years ago when just I started building into our process. Like here, here's when I'm available. Here's when our team is available. If there's an emergency, you know, here's the protocol, but we're not going to be picking up the phone at 7am. We're not going to be picking up the phone on a weekend. And so setting boundaries with clients or vendors or, or anybody that you work with, for me, what I've found is that they respect you more <laughs> because you yeah. are capable of setting boundaries and you have work-life balance. And especially when you say, because this is important, this is time when I'm spending it with my family, with my kids, whatever the case may be in your situation, 
you know, they're going to be able to relate to that. So when you can put it into context, that's going to be a benefit in terms of your communication with your clients, but also setting boundaries for yourself, like not having the phone at all when you're on a walk for my wife and I, we, we've been really good about not having phones when we're done working, like being present with each other. But for whatever reason, the last month, we've both noticed each other just being on our phone when we're doing stuff, cooking in the kitchen, whatever it might be. So we talked yesterday about like getting a box and just having that be the default work gets done. We both work from home. So we go downstairs, we put the phones in the box and if we need to get one, we can pull it out of the box, but it's got to go back in the box. Can't take it to the couch. Can't take it to the kitchen. Just leave it alone. So we're going to implement that. This is actually a good reminder because I need to go go get a box. <laughs> well, I applaud you. I really do. I I think that's a very wise idea. And I've been criticized for not answering my phone on demand. And I got over it. Yep. I got over it. Yep, nothing's that important. It, it can wait. <laughs> it yeah. can wait. It can. <laughs> so Janice, what are you what are you learning right now? Is there anything that you're you're focused on? You're actively studying, learning, trying to get better at in terms of skills. What's got your focus? Um, still learning my uh, my new platform because there's it's there's so much to offer. I would say really what am i focused on well actually i'm really into brain training <laughs> on a personal note but it's professional too what's brain training I, brain yeah. um brain tap is an app that i found that i was led okay. to by a friend and what it does is it helps train your brain in different areas because i learned years ago if you do a scan of somebody's brain under stress or trauma you're going to see red, a lot of red, yeah. not blue, which is cool. But I've been doing a lot of studying. I love studying it on the brain because it helps me in every area. And that's one thing people can do to calm down is learn about how your brain works, um, how stress affects you physically. So that's, that's something that I'm, I'm still learning about. I enjoy. Cool. And then, um, then there's business books because I'm, I'm really reaching out to create deeper alliances and joint ventures with people to help them and help myself and our businesses. Um, all, always networking. <laughs> there's, there's my downfall. It's like, oh gosh, Janice, it's nine o'clock at night. Get off Messenger. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely overdo it with networking, <laughs> especially. Yeah, exactly. events especially events. Sometimes I got to yeah. pull the plug on plans when there's, I look at my calendar and there's just every single day, like multiple one-to-ones, multiple events I'm going to and no time to actually do the deep work and, and focus on building the business. So there's a balance for sure. Yeah. That seems to be the key word. <laughs> yep. Balance in mm -hmm. all things. All right. Well, I've got a choose your own adventure question for you, which I teed up earlier. So you can pick which one you'd like to answer or, or both if you so desire or combine them, whatever makes sense. But what's a, a favorite place you've traveled to? You know, make it maybe recently could be a while back or just like a recent adventure that you went on. And in either case, what was it like? What made it so memorable? What was a favorite meal or, or drink you had or a lesson you learned? Tell us, tell us a story. Oh, let's see. 
haven't done much traveling recently. Most people know what that's about. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm from North Carolina. I think the adventure story that is, is comical. Um, it was very adventurous. I didn't think of it necessarily as an adventure at the time. But when I left North Carolina, it was just time to leave 13 years ago, almost 14. And I decided to move to Colorado Springs, as I mentioned. The adventurous part of it was I left um, the, the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> heading west. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I had a friend join me at the last minute. I had two cats at the time. I've got one now. But I had two cats. I think at that time they were five years old and got a big old dog crate you know the really big ones like for great danes or whatever put it yep. in the back of my van had the cats all set up in there and we took off from north carolina to colorado springs we did take kind of a southern route through alabama and came up that way some of the adventures along the way and we did have to look at them as adventures meowing cats in and out of hotel rooms and and family and friends we went through Arkansas. No, was it Arkansas? Yeah, we hit a thunderstorm in Arkansas. That was ugly in November. And But when we got to Oklahoma City, we hauled it up to the third floor of a hotel with the cats in tow. And we were sitting there trying to relax. I think we'd picked up some fast food or something on the way. Well, we were sitting there and all of a sudden, if you've been to Oklahoma City, it sounds like a tea kettle. Only it sounds like the wind blows so hard, it sounded like a tea kettle times a million. Wow. It whistled. It, it, it was hard to sleep. It was, it was whistling. And, and so, you know, that was one of our stops. We went through some areas where they do a lot of um, the cattle. They sell them and butcher them and all that. Well, let me tell you, some smells you don't want to smell again. Yeah. Yep. I think that was in Kansas. Went to a place called Liberal, Kansas. Hit the quail hunting season. <laughs> that was interesting. But when we get to Colorado Springs, we went through. Colorado is interesting. It's very similar to Central Oregon it in is. a lot of ways. Uh, very varied in its landscape. So we get to this. We get into Colorado Springs. Okay, don't do this. We didn't have a hotel reservation. Yeah and we found a place to stay we parked in the parking lot and made some phone calls of course I had to bring two cats in I had to get that taken care of guess what it was doing when we got to Colorado Springs a blizzard blizzard oh. a blizzard I'm in a minivan packed to the gunwales with two cats <laughs> and my friend towing a U-Haul trailer oh my gosh Oh, yeah, I, I can't back up a trailer for anything. So everywhere I went, I had to pull in or park horizontally. I can't yeah. back up a trailer. I tried. I really did. So we're in this blizzard. And being from the south, when it snows, it comes down, sometimes at an angle. So it's, the snow was so dry, it was blowing horizontal and blowing off the highway. At least I didn't have to deal with snow on the road. But every place we stopped, we had an adventure of one kind or the other, be it a tea yep. kettle and a with the cats in tow. <laughs> the cats in tow. And it, it was it was a really good adventure. It was a good experience. But I left we, when we left North Carolina, we only knew one thing. We were going to Colorado Springs. But a travel agent would absolutely 
just go nuts listening to this story going you didn't have any plans uh no we just took off. sometimes the the unplanned adventure with little things marked out in the itinerary is the best because it leads you into experiences that you would never have had otherwise and in this case clearly it did so thanks for sharing that's an awesome story <laughs> and that's how i got to oregon because i met yeah. my uh, former husband there and headed northwest much yep. to my mother's surprise and dislike <laughs> <laughs> out here to beautiful central oregon well mm -hmm. I think that's a good place for us to to kind of segue to wrapping things okay. up, Janice. Is there any Great. any parting advice or, or ask of my audience, people listening, that you have? Yeah, I think the um, I'm a storyteller, as you probably already picked up. I love to tell stories. I'm a, I'm a blog writer. I would say writing is my is a really big passion of mine, and I'm a big uh, proponent of following your heart, listening to your heart, follow your passion. If you don't like what you're doing, spend some time alone with yourself. Find someone you can kind of brainstorm with that you know won't be critical, but follow your passion. Listen to your heart. If you're miserable, life is going to be miserable all the way around. So yeah. if you don't like what you do professionally or business-wise, or maybe you're in your, you work a job and think about being an entrepreneur, really, really listen to your heart and say, what is it I love? Because I never knew I loved writing until I sat down and just, I, I'd sat down, I was like, this is fun. And all of a sudden it's just really taken off. So that's great. And great. that's the name of my blog, Courage, Confidence and Connections, by the way. There we go. There we go. We'll drop that in the show notes as well. So where can okay. people find and support you online? Website, socials, all that good stuff. Well, all the socials I'm listed as Janice Debo. Um, if you just type me in the Google search, I come up pretty quick. I've got two websites. The one with a blog is JaniceDebo.com. Very easy to find me there, which reminds me, Mr. Social Media Professional, I probably ought to put both links on each site. <laughs> so that yeah, yeah get, get those connected. <laughs> exactly. My other one is a Janice Debo, is JLD, which is my three initials, JLD, Business Coach and Consultant.com. Kind of long. But if you find me on Facebook or social media, you'll see all the links. I'm on Alignable. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm on those four. Awesome. Well, we'll put links to all of that in the show notes for, for everybody listening. And Janice, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This was a fun conversation. You shared some amazing stories with us. I got some great reminders and, and tidbits that I took some notes on here and you shared a ton of value. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. It's always fun talking. We, we haven't ever had a bad conversation. No, so. we really haven't. So I, I appreciate it as always and look forward to continuing to follow your journey. Well, thank you. Likewise. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. 
So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.